0: This week's episode brought to you by patron Damien Harris. Thanks, Damien. Really appreciate the support, man. I uh, also want to add this episode is extremely late. I'm not talking about the three days it's late. I'm talking about this was supposed to come out, I would say, in January, but I've been so busy. This is one of my episodes to edit. It's taken me three months to edit this thing, it's finally done so thanks for your patience this is the 2018 wrap-up episode i did with a new co-host liz anderson so thanks to liz for doing the episode and yeah i'm glad we can finally share this with you it was a really fun one so enjoy this episode and sorry that it's not january of 2019 anymore but here it is 2018 wrap-up with liz anderson Welcome to Making Movies is Hard, a podcast about the everyday struggles of being an independent filmmaker. I'm Mark Bissell.
1: And I'm Liz Anderson.
0: And this week, yes, another co-host. Welcome uh, filmmaker, actor... Director, writer, commercial producer, and teaching artist Liz Anderson to the show.
1: That's a lot of slashes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I have, I have just as many. I think.
1: <laughs> it's like it's impressive when you see them all lined up. You're like, what do you do?
0: Yeah, I do all these things. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. goodness!
1: I must not do any of them very well. Um,
0: yeah, no, that's not <laughs> okay, true. i you know. Yeah. So, Liz, um, this episode uh, is really going to be like a end of the year wrap up thing. But before we get to all that stuff, I want to like kind of deep dive into you a little bit so the listeners get to know who you are. Sure. So, yeah, tell us, like, what's your background in filmmaking? How did you get into this? Did you go to school for it? When did you start filmmaking when did you start acting sure
1: so okay so the short answer is like i got into filmmaking because i was pissed off
0: oh okay <laughs> and nice. the long
1: answer is so i started out as an actor uh, i went to tish to study theater as an actor and did that for many years well many years before i even went to tish and then many years after but while i was there i sort of got like really, I don't know, a bee in my bonnet is not the right thing. I got fucking pissed off about a, the elitism of theater. Uh, I hadn't like really experienced that until I went to NYU and then theater went from feeling like this thing that was like really accessible to everyone to being like this thing that really wasn't. Um, and it didn't feel as fun when it didn't feel like a conversation everyone could all have. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt really exclusive, and it felt really sort of this this kind of brand of intellectualism that never existed on the West Coast for me. Oh, and then yeah. I went to the East Coast, and there was this intellectual clickishness, I guess, mm-hmm. that I was surprised by um, in that community. Not to talk smack about, like, I love all the communities everywhere, right, but right. it was this thing that I'd never seen before, and it disturbed me. Um,
0: and and for, for us who don't know, what is Tish?
1: Oh, Tisch is the 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 artsy fartsy school at NYU or okay. New York University. So okay. I'll stop using acronyms. Well, I
0: know NYU of course, but yeah. yeah. So so Tisch is a school within NYU for theater. Yeah, it's like okay. the Stern
1: School of Business, the Tisch School of the Arts. Oh wow. the, I don't remember the names so of the other schools. Pansy, is what it's fancy pantsy. This It's a fancy pantsy East <laughs> yeah, Coast nice. arty-farty place. Awesome. Um, and did you
0: go there for undergrad or for, um, for undergrad? Math, undergrad. Yeah.
1: Okay. And so so that was the first thing that kind of upset me was was hey this doesn't feel very expensive accessible to people. And I didn't grow up, grow up, you know, wealthy. I grew up very working class in San Francisco, in Hunter's Point. And uh, San Francisco, I guess, was just like this special place back then where nobody was particularly rich except for the people, you know, up on the hills. And art was fairly accessible to anyone that wanted to access it. And it wasn't locked away right. as, as much. And yeah, and at NYU, it just... It was a very different scene, and it it was very much culture shock for me.
0: Was it pretentious also? I mean, every art
1: school is pretentious, (laughs) all I
0: mean, I saw some pretentiousness at SF State, so yeah, I can totally... (laughs) Yeah, every art
1: school is pretentious, but usually it's in that, like, exploratory, like, I'm testing the boundaries of what society will accept or not accept of Mm -hmm. me, or, like, you know, I'm a boy and I'm wearing a dress, oh my God, or I'm a girl and I'm, you know... Right, stuffing my pants to make it look like I have a cock, like you know, it's it's all stuff where people are just like you know, yeah, figuring out who they are, and it's not, I don't know. To me, I'm like that's not to be judged. That's like that's that's kids finding themselves, right? Yeah, totally. But yeah, at NYU there was a little bit more sort of you are special and chosen, and I was like "Mm, not more than anyone else, like (laughs) right.
0: Nope. <laughs> you are the chosen ones. <laughs> yeah. And so there was
1: like a lot of like feeling like a fraud or, oh, you know, wow. feeling like everyone else was fraud. <laughs> right. And then a lot of wonderful stuff, too. But but what it started to make me feel was I, that I wanted to be a part of making art that was accessible to the, you know, mass majority of people. Right. As opposed to this. You know, cloistered few that could afford to, right. and you know, be in the know right. to even go there.
0: The people who go to Tish, they they aspire to be on Broadway, right? And like, do that whole theater thing. Is that well? So Tish is like
1: all the art. I mean, there's photography, there's film, oh, there's okay, so there's, it's not just theater. theater. Yeah, no, okay. it's all the things. But uh, okay. you know, they there's a high level of success that comes out of Tish. Um, but there's a high level of success that goes into Tish, and that was something that I also was not expecting.
0: Oh. I sort
1: of thought, oh, I made it into Tish, and that means now that I will be positioned. To go into this market and succeed at this high level, and what I noticed was you know, there were the people who had already been on Broadway and then they left Tish and they went back to Broadway. Oh, um, wow. And I graduated from Tish with you know several hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt and wow. and then I had to go to work. and you know that meant not auditioning, that meant just working. So what
0: what did you major in at Tisch? Were you like doing acting for theater?
1: Yeah, I was doing acting for theater. Okay. But while I was there, because of this sort of frustration, and then there was a second frustration that had to do with being a woman and what roles were available to women. Oh yeah. As opposed to what roles were available to men, which were the cool, interesting protagonist right. roles that had a journey, whereas right. the women were like, oh Billy, don't go out into the snow. <laughs> oh, God. I hope you have your gun. You know. Oh no. And of course, you know, that's not everything, right? Mm, right? Like that's an exaggeration, but it just felt so bleak. And so I met, I met film when I was at Tish, And okay. that was like the greatest experience, I think, of college, aside from tra- studying and traveling. My introduction to film, which I grew up without a television... Oh, wow. So film and TV had always been this, like, taboo <laughs> thing for me. And I think right. I always wanted to, like, make film and TV, but it was always sort of considered something that was like, oh, yuck. So that's did not great. So
0: did you go to movies when you were younger at all, or did you mm-hmm, just... Keep... Every
1: once in a while, okay, yeah. Okay, wow. I remember going to Roger Rabbit oh, and Dick Tracy.
0: Wow. There you go.
1: But it was, yeah, very limited. Like, nice. Those are,
0: those are pretty good ones to go see in the theater. I didn't see those in the theater. Oh, my goodness. Oh,
1: yeah. I, I def- My dad was definitely, like, Dick Tracy was a thing of his childhood, so we are like, oh, you oh, have to see this
0: nice
1: um and then when i was 13 he accidentally took me to see pink flamingos and i think that was like really the thing that oh wow <laughs> made the difference you know pink flamingos yeah but,
0: i haven't seen yeah. it but i'm familiar you shouldn't
1: take a 13 year old to see no, that
0: it's no it's
1: it's definitely rated beyond nc 17 is, is
0: that a john waters it is a john yeah, waters yeah, film. yeah yes, yes and i was like
1: i want to be a filmmaker
0: yeah like i want to explore this side of film wow well
1: i was <laughs> just like wow you can do like that's, I can't believe you can do that. Yeah, that's insane. Like, you, you can do that. You can do anything.
0: Yeah. Well, the, like, artistic expression and freedom in those John Waters movies are pretty insane. Yeah. yeah. I told
1: him once that that happened. He's like, your parents should be arrested.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. You told John Waters <laughs> I that? Told John oh, Waters. really? I was wow. like,
1: I'm pretty sure, like, watching Pink Flamingos when I was 13, like, was the thing that made me, like, in the back of my head, even though my parents were like, oh, you like storytelling? You Like, the arts will, like... We'll let you do some theater stuff, but film is not something we really... Wow. Later, I found out that my dad was a filmmaker that I didn't even know. Oh, really? He made films for the federal government. He edited, like, Splice like, with, with film, film.
0: Wow. So your parents were just not into TV, media, and they wanted you to do more artistic or, like, out in the nature of things? I think they
1: were, like, the, of the of the hippie mentality of, like, TV rots your brain and, right. like, it's not good for you. Right. And so, of course, you always become obsessed with the things that you don't have access to. So I was, like, I would sneak into my my best friend growing up was also my downstairs neighbor for several years of my childhood. And when she was sick, parents would take the TV out of the closet oh. and let her watch Mr. Rogers oh, and Sesame Street. And I would go. sneak in and be, like, ugh, crack. Oh, nice.
0: <laughs> like, awesome.
1: And I think I developed a pretty severe, like, TV addiction as a young kid because I didn't wow. have access to it. Right. Even Even though I, like, didn't have enough access to have an addiction, like, right. it would be if there was a TV on in any room. You were, room. like,
0: attracted to it uh, in yeah, a big way. just like a moth. Oh, yeah. of course. That's what happens when you get t- something taken away from you. You just want it more, you know?
1: Yeah. So in college, I sort of stumbled into booking a role in a film oh nice um, and I was like I like this this is good
0: this is <laughs> this oh, is yeah fun yeah
1: <laughs> and and then started to slowly gravitate towards training to be an on-camera actor rather than a theater actor I Was sort of doing both simultaneously right. it was um I almost got kicked out for oh really being, being in a mood like acting Whoa. in a movie and having to take a couple of days off class. Like, oh,
0: wow, because they were like really like want you to focus on theater.
1: Yeah, and they really didn't want people to work while they were in school oh, either. Oh, um, yeah,
0: that makes sense, I guess.
1: So I had to kind of negotiate my way through it. But yeah, that, that that taboo love that almost got me kicked out. Wow. That that kind of did it. So from it took about 10 years for me to get from you know, the first time I ever acted in a film to the first time I was like making a film. Oh,
0: wow. Um, Let's let's slow down just a little bit. So you graduate Tish, you're in New York. Sure. What happens next?
1: Oh, I can't afford to be in New York. It's too expensive. Um, And then I got offered a, a role on a telenovela in L.A. Oh, wow. So I moved to L.A. Oh, wow. And most of that I can't talk about, but I got injured. um,
0: Gosh, that sucks.
1: And and it made me be a very strong proponent of the union. Wow.
0: Uh, Can you say like what kind of injury was it? Physically injured? Oh, yeah.
1: Physical injury due to it being a non-union show and them not really doing the things you need to do to make sure people are safe on set. Oh, God. Um, Wow. So, yeah, so and that well, was, were you
0: speaking Spanish in the telenovela? Yeah. oh wow, do, yeah. do you have a did you grow up speaking spanish yeah. okay, yeah, wow. and there's
1: nothing nothing american spanish speaking television loves more than a white right. person that speaks Spanish <laughs> because, yay, racism,
0: yeah, exactly,
1: yeah, so there's that
0: wow, um okay. <laughs> So I know I have tons of questions. You said you can't talk about it, but...
1: I really uh, can't.
0: So, um, all right, well, let's just just do this fast version. So the telenovela thing ends. You're in Los Angeles. Now what?
1: Uh, Then it was really hard. Did you
0: stay in Los Angeles? Yeah, I
1: stayed for over a year. And that's when, I mean, I'd been working as a teaching artist during college. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did when I was in L.A., trying to figure out my next step, just working a lot of non-union acting gigs. I did a lot of extra work, which was really unsatisfying, except for I met Rose McGowan, who was the nicest person I've ever met in the industry. And I've met a lot of really nice people, but she was... She was so nice, I thought something was wrong with her. Oh. And really? I also didn't know who she was when I met her.
0: Oh wow. Um, where, what, what did do you meet her on?
1: Uh charmed.
0: Oh, charmed, oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. She
1: I mean, she was just the kindest, most yeah. I I thought I thought she was another extra. Wow. Because I didn't really watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> You're
0: like, okay, so um where do we go now? And and the, the she was of, like, yeah. um, I'm the star of the show. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I had no idea. Wow. But she was just so cool that I was I I I'd never I couldn't fathom someone that famous because I like I did know who she was I'd seen her in movies and I just it didn't register I couldn't fathom someone that famous being so nice to one of the set pieces you know right and that kind of stuck with me and like I'm I'm so proud of her now for what she's doing for all of us. Yeah. It it, it it makes perfect sense looking back and seeing like the kind of like generous spirited person that she yeah. clearly is. I don't know. It makes me feel really hopeful. <laughs>
0: That's a good feeling to have. I yeah. love Hope.
1: I think she's really great. So. That's awesome. Um. So yeah, the the LA thing was not my favorite. I really disliked LA. So what did
0: you not like about it? Was it just like the whole like rat race sort of mentality and like going to auditions and... So
1: I had i was very lucky because i i had an agent pretty much immediately upon arriving in la wow um was it
0: because of the telenovela nope
1: it was it was because um i had i had come back from after college i'd moved to san francisco for a few months to do some work teaching acting at a job that i was then gonna move immediately to la Mm -hmm. after and i had found an agent in San Francisco and then mentioned I was going to LA and they had made a recommendation and wow it had just kind of worked out um but even with an agent even with a SAG franchised agent as a non-union actor opportunities were fairly limited mm. and I just didn't get as many auditions as I sort of thought I would I got fewer auditions in LA than I got in San Francisco oh, when I was up here and this is like tertiary market
0: so you weren't SAG at that time no uh, in Los Angeles okay. no
1: and, and I spent a lot of time like, wasted a lot of time in LA because there are just so many scams I had no idea oh, how many wow. scams there were just preying on you know the gold rush of people that get off the bus going, I'm going to make it as an actor. Like
0: teaching scams and training scams? I mean,
1: everything, everything, everything. I mean, teaching scams, management scams, scams to get you your SAG card where you would call a phone number and they would send you to a place and you'd pay them all the money you earned getting the vouchers. I mean, all these like just creepy things. That sucks. And then all the weird, crazy sexual stuff too. Oh no. Um, Which... Thank God for, you know, growing up in a city and being kind of street smart and whatever and being able to tell people to go fuck themselves. But I mean, this guy that wanted me to be his intern, who wanted to like have me be his intern and that meant like him asking... If I would sit on his lap, which I wouldn't. Oh, but him no. also asking if he could touch my hair, which one time oh. I let him do, and then I was oh, like, I'm God. leaving.
0: And he and what was his role? Was he a producer or a director or what was his what was he doing?
1: He's he was a publicist. Wow. And he was a creep.
0: Wow. Total creep. That sucks. And
1: there were but there were plenty of creeps like yeah. that in L. A. is full of people. I think not, the, not the that world, other places yeah, aren't. The
0: world is full of creeps, you know. Sure. Which is uh, yeah, but I'm sure there's a lot of them in Los Angeles.
1: But I think I don't know. The I knew other people that like didn't encounter these same issues that I did, and I yeah. don't know if it was just that like I'm too trusting, or a lot of those people were very well connected in terms of their families. They knew somebody in the industry, and like yeah, I really didn't.
0: And it could also be bad luck, or just you know, I don't know, spin I'm gonna, of the board. I don't know. I'm
1: gonna say it's probably a combination of all the things, yeah. but I'm gonna say that probably like it's something that most people encounter at least once.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure it happens to men too, but I'm sure predominantly women deal with these issues, you know? Yeah,
1: I would, I, I, I've never been a man, so I don't know, but yeah. I do feel like it's it's pretty pervasive in my experience as a woman Yeah.
0: In, yeah. In, in everywhere. You know, just working on sets, you see it where like men are just being inappropriate, like, you know, and it's good that it's happening less and less now, but you know, I mean, I was an intern... Or an intern, a PA on a big show that shot here trauma. I don't know if you. Were, oh yeah, I acted on, on that. Oh acted, yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. one of the directors was yeah, being very inappropriate. Ooh, which one? Um, well, it's <laughs> another one. You can bleep I, it out. Afterwards. Well, it was one of the main ones. Oh,
1: I know exactly who you're talking about. I really enjoyed working with him, but that's because he 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 was a special kind of crazy that I knew how to deal with.
0: Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah yeah. I, yeah, let's
1: definitely bleep that. Out. Yeah
0: yeah. <laughs> But, you know it was funny because on that set I, I you know saw a lot of different personalities and um, that was where I saw some of the more like you know negative like you know you you know yelling and screaming type of people on that I
1: saw that show. too I saw um, that too I was like oh thank god it's not at me and I, and I kind of <laughs> thought like
0: oh wow so this is how the industry is and then I worked on another show where there was more of that going on and people getting fired on the first day and stuff but then I worked on some shows after that that were, weren't like that where people were nice and decent and I was like oh Okay, so it's not every movie set, you know, out of Los Angeles that's like that.
1: Yeah, I would say I would say I think that there's a certain mystique that was created in like the 80s and 90s about like this idea of what a director is. <laughs> right? And then I think a lot of people tried to live up to that. Oh, man. Either that or people just, I don't know, respected assholes yeah. more back then. I'm, I'm glad that things are shifting. Yeah. I'm really appreciative of the way that kindler, gentler. <laughs> yeah.
0: It feels like it is. I mean, I still have heard stories of bad things happening in this post-Weinstein era, which is very disturbing that you still hear about it from people. Mm-hmm. But uh it is definitely getting better. And, you know, I think the best thing that we can do about it is just talk about it, be open about it and just try to be, you know, our best selves and treat people nice and not be shitty to people.
1: Agreed. Agreed. (laughs) Agreed. And not be afraid to call people out.
0: Yes. I think that's like really, that's why I don't really want to do too much bleeping because we (laughs) should be calling these people out for things that have happened. I mean, I don't, you don't want to be in the center of any kind of media, anything, but I think we should, we should be open to say things and we shouldn't be hiding behind doors, you know, sure. I think, you know, I,
1: I think that there's still, especially like, I don't know, even, even as silly as it sounds, I'm like, as a woman in this industry, and I have been told by many people, like, I've been told you'll never work in this town. Oh yeah. For for saying like I won't go into your trailer with you. Right? Oh
0: gosh. Oh like, gosh. So oh, so there man. there is
1: still a fear I think for me around that Ugh. because I'm like oh if I say this person's name out loud and they find out what will they do?
0: What can they do? What right. are they gonna do? Really? I'm, I mean right.
1: But there's still this like agreed. But there's still this voice in the back of my mind that's like you know here I am 19.
0: Right. You know. Oh yeah. Knowing
1: no one oh. and having someone tell me that like. Going in their trailers is the only way I'm going to, you know, whatever. No, I'm terrible. like, oh,
0: Jeez. That is like, I just, it makes me feel sick to hear those things. But they happen.
1: Oh, yeah. All the time. So, <sighs> you know.
0: Yeah. Jeez. All right. Moving forward. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in Los Angeles. Isn't, you're not liking it. So do you decide to leave? Th- then what happens?
1: Yeah. So um, I decided to leave. Which I felt like totally a failure, you know? Oh, um, no. And, um. And,
0: and roughly how many years out of school is this? this is like two years a out? A year and a half. Okay. Yeah, okay. not
1: that long. Wow. Uh, I should have lasted longer, but I, I really hated LA and I just wasn't, I wasn't getting anywhere. So I came back to San Francisco, uh, moved up here with a boyfriend because he was potentially looking at maybe going to grad school up mm-hmm. here or something. So there was a reason at least. And I just really liked the Bay Area. Mm. I mean, I grew up here. Yeah, I missed it. It just felt better, and within a very short period of time of moving back, I was back with my agent that I had, you know, been oh. with before I moved to LA. Oh, okay, um, J. E. Talent, best people oh. on earth, love yeah, them. E., Shout out, yeah. I'm gonna call you out, yeah. John and Janice. You're amazing. Nice, and uh, and my agent Dee Dee at the time, who's not there anymore, but she was fantastic. And I just felt really taken care of as an actor. I felt like That's they awesome. understood me. I felt like they were sending me out on the right things. And I was, you know, booking jobs that I, I felt like I would never have booked that if I was in L.A. because the competition would have been so in, oh, yeah. like, so intense that like I either would have been intimidated to the point where I would have like, left the audition after I saw like 50 people oh, that look yeah. just like me but better.
0: Oh god. Right? Yeah, jeez, um, Oh man, I'm so glad I'm not an actor. God, that's yeah, gonna be. I think like
1: it's it's a weird thing for, you know, your your psyche, but I think I think it's I think it's great in terms of what it's done for me in terms of resilience.
0: Yeah.
1: Um but yeah, so I was booking stuff and and then I booked a national commercial that, you know, got me into SAG and oh, Aftra wow. and um well, I guess SAG and then Aftra when they joined. Yeah, right. Um, and I and and it paid off like all my college loans. Wow! And I was just like, well, maybe I can kind of wow. make it happen here as an actor because it certainly wasn't happening for me in L.A. Yeah. Um, and
0: roughly what year is this? Uh,
1: 2009. Uh, okay. That's... Is when, or I guess, I think I shot the thing in 2008, and then and then it aired in 2009. Okay. I guess, yeah. Uh, I, so, Funny tangential story. When I booked this thing, I was like, I had to take a flight. I was at my callback, and I was like, I really need to get on this plane. I'm going to miss my plane. Oh, wow. And I was just not paying attention
0: to the callback. Oh, I just, wow. like, totally
1: checked and then, out. But
0: then you got it.
1: I totally, <laughs> and it was, like, the biggest audition I've ever been to, the the directors were, like, this pair of brothers out of Sweden, and it was oh. all, like... You know, Skype before, like Skype even was like good, and they were crackling in and out, and I was just like, "I'm sorry, you guys, I gotta go."
0: Wow.
1: And I hopped on this flight, and and I was in Washington, and I got really sick while I was there, to the point where I was hospitalized with walking pneumonia. Oh God. And I'm wow in in the hospital with like shit in my arms, and I get a call from the agent being like hey, your check availed for this. Are you still availed? Wow. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> didn't tell him shit, and then they booked. And,
0: and when was the shoot going to happen?
1: Oh, in like a week. From
0: oh, there. man.
1: Yeah, this was over like christmas break or whatever holy
0: moly and
1: um and so and i booked it and i did i still didn't tell my agent like oh i'm in another state in the hospital
0: oh <laughs> man so did, how'd you get out of the hospital and that was that pretty easy or was it like down i had to, to like wire or
1: convince my doctor i was not sick anymore meanwhile no. i i felt like i was gonna die oh no um and my boyfriend had to like carry me through um, TSA like oh my to get onto the like I did wow. not think I was gonna be able to make it
0: Holy physically molly. through the
1: metal detector. Dude that is <laughs> on
0: my rough. own rough. Holy shit. And then like how many days after that did you have to do the the shoot? I
1: think it was like three. And oh my I just gosh. slept for 3 days straight. Did you
0: feel okay once you got back home and rested or no, was it like No, you no, to... no, oh, I and no. it was an
1: overnight shoot at Candlestick Park before they tore it down.
0: Oh god.
1: In in the middle of December oh, or the end of December, oh, I guess. Oh,
0: freezing then.
1: It was yeah, it was horribly cold. Wow. And I didn't know anyone else on set, so I picked one person. Um, if you know Ryan Drummond, He's an no. awesome actor? He's no, I don't know.
0: He's one. I mean. of, he's
1: one of the voices of Sonic the Hedgehog. He's a oh, yeah, he's he's awesome. great. Um, I picked him because I was going to be operating on him in the commercial, so he oh, wasn't okay. going anywhere. I don't, like always knew where he was. And I was like, if I fall down, I need you to tell them to call nine one one because I'm really sick. Oh
0: no! <laughs> and what what kind of commercial was it?
1: It was um, uh, what was it? Oh God. General Electric. I don't really know what the commercial was for, to be honest. Wow. It was like a salute to doctors. Mm. The, uh, like, the product was like medical, like, heart monitors and like anesthesia administration machines. Okay. It was a Super Bowl slash Olympics commercial that played Wow. For those events, because that's, I guess, hospital administrators watch those events. Right. I don't, I don't okay. know. It's I'm... like those Lockheed Martin ads where you're like, what are you selling?
0: Oh, uh, okay. I like get missiles?
1: You. Are you selling missiles?
0: Yeah. I guess... Lockheed
1: Martin, like, <laughs> we keep the world safe. Like, oh, uh, what, like, what are you selling? <laughs> they're
0: trying to sell that they're not evil.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, get, I, like, I don't know that that necessarily. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So it was General Electric, like, we salute doctors.
0: Okay. And is that a commercial that we can see? Can I? Oh, yeah, you can totally. All right, cool. I'm sure you can find it somewhere. I'm going to put it on the show notes so people can watch this and see you do this commercial while <laughs> you're, like, really sick. Wow. You can't
1: tell. I'm well, that good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I would expect no less. <laughs>
1: um, but so yeah. you made it through. I made it through. I made it through. And then
0: you took some time to rest and get better. Did you go to a hospital after that? Hell or? no. Oh, I wasn't wow. going to admit
1: any kind of defeat. No. Oh, man. I went home. I took a bath. For, like, a day.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad you made it through. That sounds like a really trying experience. My goodness. Oh,
1: no. It's, I think, it, I mean, I don't know. I think it's hilarious. Just, yeah. Like, the lengths an actor will go through to be I like, know. I'm available. I'll do this. I, like, I want
0: <laughs> the role. I'm at
1: death's door and I'll still, like, wow. escape the hospital to, like, yeah, go to, put my face on camp. Like, it's yeah. just so silly. But... Yeah. It paid off. It paid. Yeah.
0: Seriously. Um, okay. So then, so you've been in San Francisco since then, right?
1: Uh, yeah. I've been, I've been here since. And it's been, I don't know. I, I guess I can't say like, it's been the best choice ever because I didn't make any other parallel choices that I could compare
0: this choice to. But for
1: me, I think it was the right choice because I feel like I lost myself in LA trying to conform to this idea of what I had, quote, I'm doing air quotes, you can't see them, (laughs) what I had to be um, in order to be... Again, air quotes, chosen. Right. In San Francisco, I feel a lot more free to just be myself. Mm-hmm. And myself is weird and unconventional in a totally normal, boring way.
0: I'd say in a fun way.
1: Sure, whatever. I just didn't, <laughs> I was, I was trying not to sound like I was trying to make myself Zoe Deschanel or something, right? You know, where it's like right. everybody is encouraged to just be. And I think that's really nice. And yeah. when I go to LA now, which I do from time to time, I'll go to New York or LA for acting gigs or whatever. In, in New York, no one gives a fuck. But in L.A., I go there and people are like, who are you, you exotic goddess? And it's because I'm not being one of those L.A. person things. Mm, Right,
0: you're not conforming. I'm
1: coming as myself and they don't know what to do with me, but they like it because Mm -hmm. I think deep down, I don't know, my philosophy or... Not philosophy, but my, my gut instinct is telling me that, that the reason they respond in that way is because deep down it gives them this like little feeling of possible permission that maybe they could be themselves and they right. could like be okay and people wouldn't like murder them
0: right. on the street. Right. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. Like, you know, be, by being, by not caring as much and just being who you are and not trying to impress people and like, you know, act a certain way then they're like oh yeah like that seems refreshing something
1: like that yeah i don't know although i mean i can't stay in la for too long because at some point it starts to like the yeah the the castle gates begin to be sieged a little bit too much (laughs) by, by this like not that there's anyone at this point saying like oh you need to change yourself you know back then when i graduated they're like get a nose job like fix your like straighten your hair like your hair's too curly you look too ethnic I'm like what do you mean like uh, what ethnic what wow what is that even what
0: wow man Um, that's rough
1: it's just weird and nobody does that now yeah but I still feel that pressure I don't know if it's just like being back in that same space or if it's just looking at everybody that looks so perfectly plastic and yeah whatever um yeah but yeah I just have to like I think I have to take take care of myself when I go there to not get too yeah lost in the in the thing yeah
0: Totally. So now I want to talk about the filmmaking. So right. When did you, like you said, it was 10 years after you were introduced to filmmaking that you started to actually make your first thing. Mm-hmm. So talk to talk about that. Talk about making your first movie and how that came about and like what drove you to directing at that moment. Because I know you said it was sort of implanted from a long time ago. But yeah, just tell us about how that came about. And what was it? What was your first movie?
1: Sure. So there's a lot of first movies I made that I'm just not going to talk about because they... <laughs> They're, you Fair know, shh, shh, they're in the vault next to Uncle Remus, We you know? all love
0: those. I aired all mine out on the show. Oh, I, did after you? After 185 episodes. I, oh, well, you know, yeah, it takes a little, takes time, a little time,
1: time. Yeah, time to warm up. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, I started experimenting a long time ago because when I did the ear quotes and said the thing about like being chosen or whatever, right. one of my big frustrations too with acting now, you know, having transitioned to being more of an on-camera actor, although I still do and did theater, never stopped, mm-hmm. always have loved it. Also, I'm a big improv person. Mm-hmm. So I'm always on a stage somewhere, but the sort of primary driving thing has usually been on camera. I started to realize I was doing a lot of hand raising and shaking my hand and going, ooh, ooh, pick me, pick me, pick me, uh, right? Oh, cool. And, uh, well, that's auditioning, right? That's the ooh, it, ooh, pick what? me. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Um, and, then, and then you get picked, and then you look at the thing and you're like, oh, shit, like, actually, this is not even something that I really want to do. Right. But because I had to work so hard to be chosen. Right. I'm gonna shut the fuck up and I'm just gonna do it. Right. Because I need to do enough things to be chosen for the next thing. It
0: seems like the general, like actor, like sort of way of looking at work and the world is like they try so hard for an audition, they get the role, and then they're just good with going with it and trying to make it the best thing that it can possibly be. Yeah. You know? So
1: abusive, huh?
0: I it's <laughs> weird, but I mean, it's kind of. I think you know, at look, well, looking at it as a job perspective, like as a director, it'd be the same thing. If I like fight, and fight to get a, a directing. job. Job, and then like, they hand me a script. It's like you know, you have to just make the best of it because you're not in a position a lot of the time to change the script. You know.
1: Well, so that is why, <laughs> um, <laughs> right. that is why I, I I grew a bit disillusioned and was like, you know what, fuck this. Like I I want to be in control of the stories I tell. Yeah. And one of the things that had sort of inspired me as a younger person as well to be like, I want to be an actor, but really I want to be an actor that's in charge of the narrative. Was watching. Kevin Smith's early movies and being oh, like yeah. look at him like he is making these movies and he's putting himself in the movie so you can do both right? and and you can and you can not be a Kenneth Branagh I mean Kenneth Branagh's brilliant but like he's also famous for being an asshole I've never met him oh really but oh
0: that's too bad
1: I was like I want to be a Kevin Smith not a Kevin, Kevin, <laughs> Kenneth Branagh which I don't know what that says about me because there's clearly one of those people is the better actor
0: yeah Kenneth Branagh uh, I mean I don't know anything but, about his personally I just think he's a fantastic actor he's
1: incredible but one of those people did write goodwill hunting so
0: right right i mean i don't know i
1: think i think kevin smith is underrated to be honest and i loved the way that he just like made shit with what he had available to him i was always really inspired by that yeah working past that like well you've you've never been to film school and who are you to be telling stories and what stories do you even have to tell like what makes you so goddamn special which has Mm. always been like you know, my, my toxic internal mantra for my entire career is like, okay. what makes you so goddamn special? Mm. Um, you're not like, why do you think you can book this role? Why do you think you can make oh, this movie? Man. Um, I think that's probably fairly common for most yeah, people.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's interesting. Cause I was trying to think of how I relate to that. Cause you know, I've, I've been, you know, trying to make movies since I was 19 and, uh, I guess I always felt like I had something to say and I wanted to get it out of me, you know, mm-hmm. but I never really thought about the, am I w- worthy of it? You know, it was more like, can I get, can I do it or can I not do it? Huh. You know, it's like, it, it's more about that than it is about, do I deserve it? You know? Um, cause yeah. you You want to trade? <laughs> cause if I asked myself that question, I'd be like, do I deserve <laughs> Like, I think I'm lucky to have the opportunity to do it, you know, and to, and now we have, everyone has more opportunity because of technology and stuff. But sure. I think, Whatever that means, like, you're having the opportunity to make a movie. It's, it's, I think it's a, it's a great privilege to be in that position. Totally. Even if it's just a mindset. Totally. You
1: know? And I, I guess maybe, like, it just took me a long time to work up to that mindset. Um, yeah. And I, and I think it, like, I, but I don't know what it says about me either, that I'm like, I'm able to accomplish amazing things out of like anger and frustration <laughs> right. um but it's whatever a lot do harder whatever
0: you need you know to fuel you i yeah, think yeah but
1: it's a lot harder for me to accomplish it if i'm doing it out of love yeah because then i start to question worthiness mm. i don't know it's weird um but so so all that sort of anger and frustration really fueled me to start First writing and then directing and producing and kind of producing coming out of a need to, because I wasn't going to ask someone else to produce my work I didn't deserve to make, right? Right. And developing just the skills. And then I guess the thing that kind of made the big push for me to make my first film, which was um, a film that I produced and acted in, uh, but did not direct. But my voiceover agent at the time, uh, directed it. Oh,
0: okay. What's that one called? It's
1: called Rapunzel's Etymology of Zero. Oh, wow. Uh, and. What a name. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's about princesses and math and, uh, it's very sassy. Oh, fun. Yeah. I partnered, partnered with my playwright friend Katie May and my amazing voiceover Former voiceover agent who's now a voiceover artist himself, um Seth Podowitz. Um and and we made this little film and it was like the hardest, longest process ever. Wow. Is it a short film? It's a short it's thirteen minute animated film.
0: Oh my goodness. Yes,
1: yes. The first (sighs) film I made was an animated film because I'm insane. Nuts. And I I think if I had known what I was getting into, I might not have gotten into it, but thank God I didn't know. Wow. And um
0: So how'd you guys do the animation? Did you do it with artists locally? in this country or did you have to farm out to different countries for yeah. that animation? no so
1: to me ethical production is something that like i'm not willing to compromise on mm-hmm. because being an actor for so long and being treated so terribly and having people be like yes you'll get copy a copy of it and credit on imdb and that's your payment right like right. Fuck that shit no anyone that works for me is getting treated with respect and being paid mm-hmm. you know a living wage. Okay. Which means that movie was real hard to make because we raised yeah. yeah. a lot of money.
0: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but we
1: worked with all local artists, almost like the majority of them, uh, female animators. Oh mostly wow. Mostly from SF State.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. 3D animation, 2D animation. 2D. Wow. Um. Nice.
1: Yeah. So. Oh my gosh,
0: I haven't seen. Is this out in the world? Can yeah, I see it? Yeah. It? Well,
1: it's uh, it's been doing the festival thing. I mean, it, it finished its festival thing, but it's been kind of popping back up at little festivals here and there but we're we're planning on putting it out on the web like maybe this is a good opportunity to be like all right yeah, we have to put it out we've been well, trying to when sort did of figure you out how first finish it Ooh, first finish it crap i'd have to like look on it what did imdb say I don't, I, I don't know that's that that's when we finished it <laughs>
0: Whatever IMDb says. oh no um, internet here oh well Oh. I'm
1: trying to think. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, like 2012,
0: 2014. I think it
1: was like 2014 or 2015. Wow.
0: And you haven't released it since then.
1: No, we've been so we've been trying to get people to be interested in potentially making it into a series.
0: Oh, uh, okay. And
1: so there have been some meetings where people are like, "Well, we want to make sure it's not been on the internet." But now people are like, "Well, we want to see how many eyeballs it gets." Right. So now we're p- gonna put it up and nice. Awesome. And we'll see. So, it's yeah, yeah it's it's a, it's a process.
0: Well, as soon as it's out, let us know, and we'll post it out and totally. know, share it with the world. And, all and there's definitely, stuff. like,
1: there's trailers online, so you can at least oh, see cool. that. Oh, cool. We'll put sure. the trailer
0: onto the, the show notes.
1: Awesome. Nice. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay, so that was the first one, which sounds like it was a really long process. It
1: was a really long process. And during that time, we also, Katie and I, um, took a play that we produced successfully here in San Francisco, um, and we took it to New York. Oh, wow. So... Our producing skills got put through their paces.
0: Wow, because you produced a play.
1: Well, we were also making this movie. Oh
0: my goodness. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> That's like a whole nother podcast to hear about how you... I've never talked to anybody who's produced a play before. And
1: twice, because we did it here and then moved it out to New York. Wow. And most of the same cast went with us to New York, but we had to Man. make a couple adjustments. We had a new, one new lead actor and one, and uh, we had to switch stage managers, because our stage manager here had too good of a gig to lead.
0: Oh, uh, okay. And how many shows did you do of that play? In New
1: York? Um, we only did... I think we only did like seven. Man. It was like more of a kind of backers audition presentation like it was fringe fest okay so
0: yeah a play just seems so much crazier to me than a film because a film you like shoot in pieces you know over a period of time much more than seven days like 15 days whatever and then it's done and then you edit it and then you it's one thing but a play is like a different thing every night for however many shows and you spend so much time prepping it's like it was a thing getting my <laughs> head around that i just i don't know if i could do theater as a director or a producer it's just you know I don't what understand it is though it, it
1: was a great <laughs> exercise and like well shit if we can do this we can do like yeah anything right yeah. after that we spent a, i spent a lot of time like doing all the festival stuff mm-hmm, and whatever mm-hmm. for for rapunzel and it took a little while to get to the next project that's when I started working production, like doing San Andreas. That was like, I guess, oh, I guess it, maybe that's a good example of, of timeline. Whenever that was in production. did you yeah. work on that one too? No,
0: I do like that movie though. That's
1: where I met Hilton.
0: <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. And what did you do on San Andreas?
1: I was the assistant to the production designer. So oh, cool. So I was up at weird hours. Oh, yeah. Helping him motivate and when I say motivate, I mean say that's not good enough. Uh, <laughs> right, 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 right. Wow!
0: It was
1: it was a really interesting experience just to see how inefficient giant productions are. Yeah,
0: with so many crew crew people, and it takes so long to do things. Sometimes you know, it's yeah, like, it was amazing,
1: like just how much money was spent on that project, and being like, okay, like you can, you can make something for a lot less, and like here's how. Yeah, and just the number of like awesome people I met on that project, like just. Incredibly talented people. Yeah.
0: So back to the filmmaking stuff. Yeah. So you did Rapunzel, which you didn't direct. You wrote and produced. I
1: didn't write. I oh. I produced.
0: Produced, produced, yeah. and acted in. Yeah. Yeah. And then talk to about doing your first directing thing.
1: Sure. Okay. Skip forward a couple. Years, I guess, because I was spent the next year after that doing a web series that I was only acting in. And
0: was that um, Essa, yeah. San Fran Mm-hmm. Nice,
1: which was great. And so after San Andreas, my friend Wiley Herman, who I don't know if you, I think met, you've
0: you've told me about Wiley. He's I think. awesome. And, yeah,
1: and you should know him. And he's great. He's and he's an actor and playwright and screenwriter, and he, yeah, many slashes, producer. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: As we all have in the Bay Area, right?
1: Uh, yeah, and so he had written this screenplay that he, I guess first he just asked me to read and was like, hey, feedback, and because it, it was sci-fi and it mm-hmm. was World War II sci-fi. And I was like, oh, I love sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. And I don't like war, but like World War II aesthetic, mm. like the fashion, like the silhouettes yeah, in terms of fashion, um, just the design oh, from yeah. that period. Um, visually, I, I find it really, it speaks to me. Yeah. And so I read this screenplay and I was like, this is really interesting. And I guess he had originally been curious about maybe if I wanted to act in it.
0: Okay. And he wrote this? He wrote it. Okay.
1: But it was really clear to me off the bat <laughs> when reading it that he had written this for himself and his wife. Oh, and his okay. wife, Allie, was also an actor, but she was very pregnant at the time. Oh, wow. But my my gut instinct was like, this needs to be somebody... If it's not Allie, it needs to be somebody like Allie. Right. Because that's who, that's who this is, mm-hmm. clearly. Right. And we started talking, and I guess he had talked to a few other people about directing it, and they had kind of been like... Well, yeah, for like seven times the budget you have.
0: Oh wow! Okay, and, do you mind saying what kind of budget you had for the movie?
1: Oh, I think I think originally the budget was ten thousand.
0: Okay, very modest for sci-fi World War II,
1: and it was like a thirty-page. World War oh, 2 sci-fi
0: thing. 30 pages. Well, we
1: ended up cutting it down a bit, but it was, I mean, it was, it was not short. Yes. Um, it was, it was basically like an episode of The Twilight Zone. Wow. And that's when you watch it. I, you know, my hope. Jordan Peele. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> my hope is it'll feel yeah. like an episode of The Twilight Zone. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's, I think, what it is.
0: Man, we, we, because a lot of my short films, I, I, that's sort of the mantra behind Strange Thing and Brother is like tr- Twilight Zone mm-hmm. short, like, Episodes, basically.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I love the Twilight Sound. Like, yeah. man, that Rod Serling.
0: Yeah, pretty great.
1: <laughs> pretty, pretty great. Yeah, pretty swell guy. Yeah, I, I just thought it was really awesome, and I was like, oh, secret inside, like I want to direct this thing. Wow. But I didn't quite feel like ready to be like, why like give it to me? I'll do it. Uh, so I was like helping him with casting and helping him so you're with. You're
0: getting involved. You're helping producing. Yeah. And
1: it got. I don't know. It just kind of happened where he was like, I mean, do you do you want to direct it? And I was like, yes, yes, yes. yes, oh, so he, he offered it, it to you. He did. Wow, he did. that's amazing. Um, Wiley's just been like this magical, wonderful ally in my career for a long time.
0: Wow! Um, and you never directed anything before this. I
1: directed a lot of um, like small things that I'm not going to talk about because they're not.
0: <laughs> One day, if you're in the show long enough, we'll pull them out of you so you um, can share them. But. <laughs>
1: <laughs> things i directed and then was like uh, who directed this oh, that's funny. <laughs> you know because i was learning i mean right. and i directed a lot of things that like i can't really point to it and be like i directed like i did a a parody advertisement thing for a theater i was working uh, at and right. there was no one else to direct it and i was acting in it so i directed it and right, acted in it right. but like if i showed it to you it would be pretty out of context since it's just Me as Sarah Palin talking shit about the organization.
0: That's funny. Yeah.
1: So like there's a lot of weird little...
0: Little things. Little things here and there.
1: Test scenes for scripts that I'd written.
0: Right. But did he he even care about any of that stuff? Or was he more just like, you just seem like the right person to direct it. I trust you. You should direct it.
1: God, you'd have to ask him. I don't know why he trusted me with his baby other than um, I had... Babysat his baby. Oh wow!
0: Okay, <laughs> there you go.
1: I mean, we were close friends. Um, I would cared for his kid and not not yeah. killed her. Um, so you were just
0: the right person because you were involved with the project. You were you were gonna act at it at this point already, right? No,
1: I had convinced him that I was not the right person for the oh, job. Oh really? Yeah, wow. I'm really big on that actually. Like,
0: <laughs> you're like, "No, I shouldn't be the one."
1: Because I think that casting is everything and like Oh, definitely. I think I think I'm a good actor, but I also think that sometimes someone else is better suited for a role. Right. And I've done this a couple times on on projects where someone's offered me something really awesome and I've been like, "Yeah, but I think so I think so and so's better." Wow. There was a role someone offered me and I was like, "I think Desi Sol Ray would actually be better oh, for that." Oh, yeah. And yeah. they cast her, and I was right. Yeah,
0: I love, love Desi. By the way, she <laughs> yeah. was in Brother. Yeah, yeah. she's great. Yeah. And I,
1: yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd seen her. I don't even. I don't even think I'd seen her act in anything. I think I just met her as a person, and I was just like, Oh wow. I think I think this is the right person
0: for yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I stand by my choice that I, I I I cast an actor in that film to to play the the female lead, and she had the quality that I was looking for that reminded me of Wiley's wife in real life
0: right and then now that you're like directing it it's like that's even better because then you don't have the pressure of acting and directing and you know
1: although so (laughs) um I did do a cameo in that film oh really and it was like a two-page scene in German which I don't speak
0: oh my goodness you just like to give yourself the easy jobs then, basically.
1: So Well, so I was like, mm, I think we should cut this German down. But Wiley and I disagreed on the right. importance of this German scene. And so I learned the German. I'm sure it was just the worst thing ever, but wow. we'll never know because the audio for that day got lost. <laughs>
0: So we can't see your German scene.
1: Well, so so we ended up cutting the scene way down, which I think he and I agree now is great. Although Mm -hmm. I think that's because we never (laughs) got the audio. And we did ADR for like one German line. I think I say one thing in German. Probably poorly. Wow. And that's that. So
0: So is that movie out in the world now? Can, Can people see it?
1: That movie has just finished its final... Well may, I, it might still have a few festivals left in it, but it, it did its last San Francisco festival last month. Oh really? It uh, it did another hole in the head. Oh, was that really? last month?
0: Yeah. I think and that was so. yeah. A movie I produced was at another hole in the head but I couldn't go. Oh. So I bummer. missed it. Yeah. It was
1: that was a, a fun little festival actually.
0: Yeah, I've tried to get in there a few times with my own movies I directed and I've gotten rejected Boo. every time. Boo you guys. But on yeah. a
1: tangent too, festivals are so weird because oh, that's tough. next next to my film This other film that was, like, incredible... Screened, and uh, my boyfriend was sitting next to me and was like, "I know that actress. She's on House." And I'm like, "Actor. She's an actor." Um, Oh, good. (laughs) That was something I was gonna
0: ask you because I refer to all actors as actors. I love that. That makes me so happy. And I've I've had other people on the show or just talked to them in real life, and they, you know, women will refer to themselves as actresses sometimes, and then I get really confused. I'm like, "What do they? What do people prefer? Is it actor?"
1: I think it's you know, each individual person has their own preference. I think female actors that refer to themselves. Is the other thing just don't get it yet okay um because you wouldn't call someone a pilotess or a doctoress no, no. or a lawyeress
0: <laughs> no so. yeah i always say actor it wouldn't referring to any anybody but you like know. you know
1: i uh i'm not gonna impose my agenda on them other than to you know ask them to to question yeah
0: <laughs> well i'm glad that i'm you know that that's yeah, makes yeah, me feel Yeah, I good.
1: appreciate that all right. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. So I it's great. So, and I don't even know really if my boyfriend did that in the, I'm, I'm sure he didn't because he already knew. But right. he's like, I I know her, she's on House. And I, I, I still don't really watch TV. So I didn't know who that was. It turns out that she, this, this woman had uh, directed the film that she was acting in. Wow. And I was like, babe, you know what that means, right? And it's like an almost empty theater, right? Because it's a festival, so you know, like only people that are there. <laughs> Is it there. At the Roxy Theater? Uh, no, this was at New New People Cinema.
0: Oh, okay, New People Cinema. Okay.
1: Um, and I'm like, babe, you know what that means, right? Like. If you if you like her if you if you're her fan or whatever like I bet you she's in the theater right because she starred and directed this yeah. thing so she's I'm sure she's here and he's like no way she's a big big star I was like no way she's here and of course she's like you know three rows ahead of us <laughs> <laughs> <That's> so <funny. laughs> and so yeah, it's Lisa Edelstein I don't know if you, okay you know. Yeah. I, I'd never heard of her but she's quite excellent at at both the acting and the directing. Nice. And, and quite a lovely person as well. And so he got to meet her and he was just oh, so fun. tickled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he yeah. was like, she's one of my favorite people yeah. on TV. Aside from that, festivals haven't really done much. Oh, um, really?
0: You haven't had like a big... Like getting your movie into a festival and then it like result in some kind of connection or some kind of thing that happened from it? You
1: know, other than being offered lots of cocaine in a lot of movie theater bathrooms <laughs> um, by various other filmmakers who were feeling nervous before... Awards were uh, announced. That's
0: funny. And meeting
1: some fun people that were fun to party with. Nothing major mm. has really happened mm-hmm. from from the Rapunzel Festival Circuit or the um, the Tolls. That's the name of the, the Toll. Yeah, the World War Two sci fi film. The Festival Circuit on either one of those. I mean. We, we've we've won a bunch of awards, which has been great. Yeah, but nobody's been like, hey, I have a bunch of money I'd like right. to finance your next thing, that or like, hey, I have this job. So I don't really. I mean, I think if you get into the right festival, then yeah. those doors open. But I think with the not. South by Southwest, Sundance, Tribeca, right, right. and and those ilk. I don't know that a lot happens.
0: Yeah, in my experience, it's just been great experiences. Yeah, it's been know. it's
1: been really lovely, and it's really helpful to watch your film with strangers. Yeah, and to see how they react. Yeah, and to be able to then go back and tinker with it a yeah. little bit here or there.
0: Definitely done that.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, or just to 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 meet other. I mean, more than anything, I'm like I meet people at festivals that I'm like I want to work with you in the future. Yeah,
0: that's, that's to me that's
1: the thing. Oh
0: yeah, huge. I met so one of the co-hosts of. The show I met at a film festival, yeah, in the bathroom. I was yeah. like,
1: Oh, was he offering you cocaine? Because no, he was nervous, it was
0: after the movie, and I was like, Hey man, that was an amazing movie. And then he was like, Oh, yeah, I co directed that. Awesome. <laughs> I was like, Oh, and then we just became friends from yeah. that, yeah,
1: yeah, met really, like, really talented, awesome, yeah, interesting people, yeah, but yeah, definitely like the big break or whatever has, has not yet come from the no. festival circuit. Yeah. Uh. I've
0: heard the stories and I know people who it's happened to, you know, where they go to a film festival with them with a movie or multiple film festivals. And then they meet somebody who wants to fund their next short film and then fund their next short film. And then it just keeps on going. But cool. you know, I think that's few and far between for sure. I'm know. also
1: probably not like the social butterfly. I should be when I go to those festivals, like oh. I tend to be, you know, right. the kid wearing black at the back of the room. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
0: For me, it's all mood-based. Sometimes I'm, like, right in there, like, shaking everyone's hand, introducing myself to everybody. You know, sometimes I'm, like, just, uh, yeah, not doing that. But I think it totally depends on, you know, what's going on at the moment, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or who you are as a person. I too. mean, yeah, I
1: just, I just like it for the um, the opportunity to see other people that are making work that I would never ordinarily oh, yeah. have the opportunity to see. Like, right. to me, that's kind of the magic of of film festivals is you may never have the opportunity to see this thing again. Yeah. Yeah. And you would not have if you hadn't gone. So,
0: yeah. So at the risk of missing, oh my gosh, we're already in an hour. Oh geez.
1: Um, So (laughs) tedious.
0: That's okay. Uh, I don't know if there's anything to cut out, but I don't think so based off of, you know, I just cut cut it all out. (laughs) out everything. But I do want to spend some time talking about 2018, um, and your year. You know, and what this year has been like for you as as a filmmaker, as an actor, as whatever. Like, what what have you done in the last year? Like, how do you feel like you've, like, do you feel like you've had some big growth from the beginning of 2018 to the end of 2018? Like, how, how has this year been for you?
1: Sure. Well, so the beginning of the year, Wiley and I made another movie. Oh, cool. Yeah. And it came out in October.
0: Oh, nice. Right before
1: Halloween. We made a, a five-minute zombie flick that's one continuous shot. Yep.
0: Um, mm-hmm. I saw this movie. Oh, did you see it? You I it? liked it. It was oh, good. Good I'm job. i you liked yeah. it. For Crypt TV, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So, talking to you, Jason. <laughs> 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 like and here. Eli
0: Roth. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah.
1: Uh, here you need to hire more female <laughs> directors.
0: <laughs> Hello. Hi. Raise my hand.
1: <laughs> um, it was a result of... Um, Wiley and I having spent three years making the tolls mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. the budget was really low and it right. required a lot of VFX. So after we shot it, we were still just working on it, you know, mm-hmm. in post for ages. And we're like, let's make something that we can make really fast for like very little money. And something about that process. So
0: did it, was it a Crypt TV movie before you made it or did it become one after you made it?
1: Sort of both. <laughs>
0: okay. Um, I mean, did they fund it or did you have to? Um,
1: I don't think so. I mean, so what Wiley financed that one.
0: Oh, you did? Okay, um, wow.
1: And I don't know if they reimbursed him when they put it uh, okay. online. Right. I right. actually haven't. I didn't bother to ask. Okay. But he'd been talking to Crypt TV before we made it, mm-hmm. and there had been no guarantee. But he was like, I feel like if we made this thing, we could probably get it on this-
0: Oh, um, okay. Wow. So he just took a... His- just took a gamble. Just went he's, for it. yeah,
1: man. He's, I tell you, he's magic and awesome. That's he's awesome. Like he he's a believer, and yeah. and he just makes shit happen. So he wrote it and started it, and I directed it nice. and shot overnight in the Chronicle Building. Wow. And yeah, very very little post production. So, so <laughs> Since how there's no did
0: you do it? Like I just because I I mean you know just for people who haven't seen it yet. It's like a school hallway with lockers, mm-hmm. and it's um, a cafeteria break room teacher's lounge. Like a teacher's lounge. lounge, yeah. Yeah, and you have the camera floating back and forth between the two. So mm-hmm. did you build these two sets within the Chronicle so building, or...?
1: This story was inspired by the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas students, mm. and they're stepping up and being badass amazing inspirational humans and this really weird space that exists in the chronicle building where he and i both wiley and i both teach improv for the leela improv school mm-hmm. and there's literally like this break room and then this there's like a hallway and there's a break room and then there's this hallway full of lockers and wow. this like half wall thing wow. that divides them and it makes no fucking sense wow
0: so it just is actually a space that exists.
1: It's a space that exists except for in the film right you we 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 dolly through the wall. Yeah. And there's like a piece that thank you Rick Zuzo, my boyfriend built this this fake wall piece wow. for us so that it looks like you're going through the wall but there's literally just like a I mean wow. the wall ends in like a pillar thing
0: it's just a That's amazing. It's
1: real weird. I can send you a picture. Yeah. It's I mean
0: I mean, because to me, it was just like, wow, they built this amazing set. We
1: didn't build (laughs) anything except for that wall piece that's, you know, just, you know, two feet tall. And, you know,
0: that's like using your resources, right? Like what you have. You're
1: scrappy, scrappy motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Because it looks like, you know, a high school, you know, whatever hallway, locker room, you know, and a a legitimate teacher's lounge. I know. I know. Awesome. Complete
1: with vending machines and everything. Yeah. Everything was already there. Wow. I mean we went to, you know, um we went to the prop house and rented some stuff to to dress, but we really I mean wow. everything that's there that's not small and portable, like was mm. already there. Wow. And we yeah.
0: So that was the beginning of the year.
1: So that was sort of the beginning of the year. That's um, a
0: great way to start off a year to direct yeah. a movie. Yeah,
1: Freaking and it was I mean awesome. this, you know, bite sized little thing. And I'd been writing. I have like these three feature screenplays that are all kind of like I don't know what the English word for twico is, but like I'm indicating with my hands it's the the idea of being just like not quite twisted baked right. Yeah, they're crumbling. just they're just not they're just not there yet, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, all three of them. Yeah. Okay.
1: And and I'd been like, okay, I'm ready to do a feature. Like I need to do my first feature. Yeah. I just couldn't figure out which one of them wanted to happen because the two of them that are like all Mm -hmm. not quite there yet but there -er Mm -hmm. are like massive budgets i mean cg small gray aliens need to exist in in there and the other one is like i mean it's it's superhero based so there's just like i mean right there's just like too many bfx
0: sounds like what people want though sure
1: but like if I write that, I'd have to sell it, and I wouldn't... No one's going to tell a first-time director, like, here's enough money to, like, make this script or that script. It's just not going to happen. Right. Not without not without recognition beyond, like, right. hey, you did a couple little short films that won a couple, like...
0: Yeah, you need like, a short I, film that plays South by Southwest or... Something.
1: Exactly. So I was like, uh, I really want to make a feature, and I need it to be small and affordable. And the small affordable idea I had was one where I just didn't have the... Um, the resources to... It's a sci-fi film that's much more sci than it is phi, mm. uh, where the phi is heavily based on the sci. Okay. Um, and it's about cordyceps, or the, the working title is Cordyceps. Mm. And I don't know if you're familiar with what cordyceps are, but... No,
0: not really. They're,
1: um, they call it the zombie fungus. It's mind-controlling fungi that affects insects and oh, causes wow. their behavior to change in a way that um, positions the insect to go somewhere where they're sort of centrally located, mm. uh, vis-a-vis, like, the rest of the so community of insects. Kinda... Uh, so, so for example, the one that affects carpenter ants, this this ant will behave normally every day, um, but once a day it'll climb to the tallest blade of grass in its vicinity and just reach.
0: Weird. And if
1: nothing happens, it'll go back down, and it'll continue doing its wow. thing. But if an animal comes by... And it's able to catch a ride on the animal from reaching. Then it's programmed to climb to the sort of the top of the animal, to climb to the base of a tree, to climb to this, you know, the highest branch on the tree overlooking the ant community that it came from. And then it'll climb to the underside of a leaf and it'll bite into the leaf. And then the fungi will, which has been completely hijacking its nervous system and and filling up the inside of its exoskeleton will then kill it and it will adhere to the leaf and then this giant fruiting body will emerge from its skull. Does it have a skull if it's an exoskeleton head? I don't know. I don't know the right word. And proliferate the spores
0: for this fungi that will
1: then rain down on the rest of the ants infecting them
0: oh my god so this happens this is
1: real This is wow. totally real
0: holy shit yeah
1: it's totally there's like a thing on the bbc you can so watch the, it's so like a really great guy
0: clip. is trying to spread itself mm-hmm. basically yeah. in this bizarre manner
1: mm-hmm. wow mm-hmm. that's yeah. insane and it's just amazing like, like how does this how, like how does it hijack the nervous system of know. this animal in such wow. a way that it only affects it if the right opportunity comes about. Right. And then it doesn't otherwise.
0: Wow. That's nuts.
1: And then when the right opportunity comes about, it knows and then acts accordingly. I, that wow. that blew my mind. Sounds um,
0: crazy. And
1: I've been studying fungi for a long time because it's always fascinated me. Not just cordyceps, but all of it. Mm-hmm. It's sort of the least understood wow. thing.
0: So how do you take that into a, a low-budget feature script?
1: So I veer away from zombies and horror generally, mm-hmm. aside from the <laughs> the comedy one, um, right? Because to me, the origin of zombies is more interesting than the the running away from them. Mm-hmm. This film, to me, what was interesting was the idea of mind control and what something like that might look like in humans and why, mm-hmm. like why something or someone might put that mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And what I really needed was a biologist.
0: Oh. Um, to help you figure it out. To help out.
1: understand just like how to fictionalize this idea that I had that had been kind of keeping me up at night for a long time mm. about sort of the idea of of what that might look like in humans, right? right. And I just happened to <laughs> have met and and ended up in a relationship with a biochemist. Wow. There you um, go. And we'd been talking and I eventually kind of told him about this idea, and he was like, "Oh, oh my God, this is so amazing! Oh, actually, well, there's this guy that's that's studying this thing that acts like cordyceps, but isn't even cordyceps, and it's affecting fruit flies, wow. and, uh, and it's a virus within the fungi that oh causes it to act like a cordyceps." Wow! Like ah, oh! so like we'd been kind of batting this around, yeah, for a while. Um, found out that like the guy studying this is my distant cousin.
0: Oh my goodness. 23
1: and Me is a crazy wow. tool. Holy moly. Um, and so I think that sort of opened the door for permission. Like 2018 has sort of, for me, been a year of like stepping back after like some crazy stuff happened in my life and mm-hmm. like some like kind of disappointing things happened in my career to just like work, make money and like incubate this idea Mm -hmm. so a lot of like working on commercials like producing commercials yeah and then like being creative at home and so now as we're stepping into 2019 I feel like 2018 I guess more than anything was like a year of giving myself permission like through through making Mm -hmm. this low budget thing with Wiley that has more views than like anything else I've right. ever directed Right. and taking the time to, to not make as much creative work mm. um, so that I could build up a little bit of savings so that I could be like, I'm going to do it
0: in 2019. Oh, I'm going to make nice. it happen. Wow. So did you have the finished script for this movie? Done? Not
1: yet. Okay. Um, I, that originally that was like my goal for the end of 2018. And then I got word that, so I'm going to be like applying to like the Sloan foundations grant. Oh, Nice. Um, not that I'm necessarily going to get it, but like, yeah. Um, I've applied what,
0: to that one before. Yeah. Not I, gotten yeah. it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have no expectation of getting it, but, uh, the goal is to just get the application in, right, right? Right. But my understanding is that when working with with organizations that that bring scientists and and mm-hmm. creatives together, that they want you to not have your your product too finished because they don't just want to be fact checkers; they want to be contributors.
0: Right. They want to be a part of it.
1: And so um, the script is sort of partially there, and then there's sort of these big holes that are like dedicated to making sure that what drives that part of the story is the sci- the accuracy of the science mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then there's the sort of like human story that comes about from the arc that already exists it's like probably not going to change due to science because nice uh so yeah so it's um it's uh, it's it's all there with the gigantic Swiss cheese holes in it
0: yeah no. awesome and did you do any other directing in 2018 after the, the horror short? Or was that the, the main thing that you directed? Um, a couple
1: little things, but yeah. nothing major. Um, it was
0: mostly developing this idea and getting ready to make it this next year.
1: This, and then, yeah, and then working with another, um, another collaborator that uh, we're going to be making, we're going to be shooting fairly soon, uh, a film about... Dementia and Alzheimer's. Oh, wow. Cheery, uplifting stuff. Yes. Um, It's a really beautiful story, actually. Nice. Um, And you're going
0: to direct that one? Yeah, I'll direct that. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Um, Exciting. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited about that as well. I think it's going to be a story that just kind of needs to, needs to be told. Yeah. Because I've never, never seen it before in terms of trying to, to take some of the stigma out of, out of that, some of the fear.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then you also, uh became uh well you're going to be in this SF Filmhouse residency program in 2019 was this project this Cordyceps script? Was this what you applied with? Yeah, that's oh, what I applied with. Nice, awesome.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. major
0: congratulations.
1: Thank you. I'm that's really nice. excited. We start tomorrow. Tomorrow, oh <laughs> my God, it's your first day! day. Wow, <laughs> first I've, day of
0: school. I will have to hear what it's like. I've I've talked to a few other people who've been through the program, some some of which who have been on the show, and I've heard lots of great things. And feels like everyone's experience is different, you know. So I love to have you back on later to hear how it's going, you know, like a little check-in, you know?
1: Totally. Uh, Yeah. I'm super excited and I have kind of no idea what to expect other than like the first week seems pretty jam-packed. are you stuff? doing
0: five days, um, at the, the next week or how does it work? Are you there like just two or three days or what's the schedule like?
1: I'm still sort of trying to understand that. I mean, um, I think the schedule is somewhat flexible, although like the first week there's like a lot of structured, you mm-hmm. know, getting to know you, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, <laughs> I wish I could answer that. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, don't no, really yeah. know other than, yeah. um, I know some people that are, that were in it last year and are going to be returning this year and and they're awesome. And they, it seems like there are a lot of, there's a lot of structured activities that exist just sort of on their schedule. And then there are opportunities to collaborate with other people within the program to do sort of peer to peer mentorship and, um, group exploration of, you know, various different things. Um, and then there's also a lot of just um, independent, go in and right. work on your own, or work with the staff, or you know, um, kind of on on your own schedule. Right, right. But I think that's I think that's what we find out yeah, tomorrow. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I have a question for you because sure. I've been answering a lot of questions. Yeah. I want to know, like. What was your 2018 like, and what are you looking at in 2019?
0: Sure. Um, so 2018 was really interesting for me because um, I had a pretty big producing year in 2017. Like I did my first uh, broadcast spot as a producer cool. in 2017, and uh, a couple other, one other big campaign with the same production company, and like we were like looking to 20, 2018 as being this big year of doing a bunch of stuff and then it started really slow, They, we lost a lot of jobs in the beginning of the year and then um, I had a really slow beginning of the year like f- production wise and I didn't, like I was still raising money f- for the alternate and trying to get that off the ground. Like I, I signed my producer at the very end of 2017, beginning of 2018 onto the movie.
1: And that's George?
0: Uh, no, Jeffrey Allard, okay. um, who, who I met through George. So George is my lawyer and he introduced me to Jeff in the end of last year, like right when I got back from the American film market and you know, we met, he loved the script. Uh, he had read it before we met, which I was like, Oh my God, you actually read it? Like people don't usually read things like this is great. And so yeah, he, he signed on and then we started doing, um, investor meetings in January. So we had like, I think two pitches in January. And that was just slow going, and, you know, I was, like, really just trying to get the movie out there. And so, like, the beginning of the year was pretty slow, like, work-wise and creative-wise, because I was just focusing on the alternate rewriting. Oh, We did a table read for the movie in February, so that was kind of big, you know, but then it took me a really long time to rewrite it. You know, like, I started, but then... Other projects came up and other things happened and it just it really took me a long time to actually get the movie rewritten. I finished I think in November of mm-hmm. last year and then that was really great and I was able to send it back off to more investors and stuff. But the big thing that happened in 2018 for me was I, I directed a lot more than I ever have in my whole career. So I got this opportunity through a production company called BLK Prime um, to do a sitcom mm. as a director. and started as one I think I called you to be in it and then you weren't available and also because it was non-SAG and you're SAG and you said that you didn't want to do SAG stuff. It's not
1: that I don't wanna. I'm I'm not allowed to. I can't do it. It's not a a matter of wanna.
0: (laughs) Yeah because they they let me cast one role in it. They they needed to replace one of the, the main three and so I was able to to be involved in that. And I called everybody who I thought would be good to send an audition. And, well,
1: that's, that means a lot.
0: Yeah, of course. No, absolutely. Yeah. You, you came to mind, um, right away. Um, but, uh, who we already mentioned, Desi Soleil was one of the other people and she was available and she did send an audition and they, they fell in love with her as of course they would. Awesome. Um, She's so great. Yeah. And she got the role and we did five episodes in 2018 of that show, which was like, crazy and we shot most of them in one day two of them we shot together in one day which was nuts it was like 60 pages of content um three cameras on a a stage it was crazy and now we're doing um well the last the the next three we did um you know all one day about 40 page scripts in, in eight hours, because the, the girls are underage, so we had to shoot only eight hours with them. Jeez. Um, yeah. So it was nuts. But, uh, I learned a lot through that, that time, you know, uh, working with actors and just getting scripts done. And, and that was what I was talking about earlier. Like, that was a situation where I had no real say in the scripts. Like, they just hand me the scripts and, I'm like, well, can we change this here? Can we change that here? They're like, maybe you can change a line. Like, oh, you know, if you don't like the way that this line reads dialogue-wise, you can change that, but you can't change the story. You can't change the plot. You can't change most of it. And, like, they wouldn't even let me go into the script and actually make any script changes. Like, I'd have to just write them by hand and then, uh-huh. like, send them to the actors, you know, that way. Um, but it worked out well, um, and they were fun and good experiences. I also had to edit them all, which was really Ooh. tough. Yeah, And they wouldn't let me have any (laughs) budget for color or sound. So I had to do all that stuff too. So that was challenging, Um, but it was still a great experience. I also directed a commercial with them too, which was like another random thing. It was a vodka commercial. And so that's probably going to come out this year, um, hopefully, Um, but they're completely done now. So yeah, that was like, gosh, what was it? Four days, five days of directing or something. And like, I didn't, I directed like one thing in 2018 or 2017, you know, so it was like a huge step up. And then I shot a teaser trailer for the alternate in September, which was great, you know, because we were raising money and we got, we raised a bunch last year, but not enough to like actually go into production. But we were like, okay, well, you know, we have a location through my producer to actually shoot it. And then we got the crew to come for free. Um, which, you know, they were talking earlier about like paying people for their time. But I think, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where if you have no budget and you have no time and people are, are willing to, to do it, you know, like I always pay back people with my own time for sure. projects. So yeah, I'd like to pay people always too, but just sometimes it, you know, can't happen. But, uh, but I'm really grateful for the team who came out and helped me and make that happen. So that was great. And that's almost done. Um, and then what else? Oh, and I made a, m- <laughs> so Jeff Moore, who's another co-host, so we both know. Yeah. He challenged me to make a movie on my iPhone. Um, <laughs> as a- how'd that go? Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I made it. We, sh- I shot it. It was, uh, it was supposed to be a one on a gimbal. Um, it didn't really work out where I, I think it can actually be a mm-hmm. one I think it's going to have to be broken up into different takes, you know, kind of spliced together, mm-hmm. but it was a really fun process and really great experience. And it sort of, you know, sort of made me feel differently about filmmaking. Like, like you know, like maybe we don't have to raise ten thousand, five thousand, twenty thousand dollars to make a short film. Like, if you get the right team together and you keep the costs low and the expense low, and you're just using the equipment you have, and everyone is down to come out and donate their time and just to make a movie together, you can make more movies and you can do stuff. So, like, I spent I think two hundred bucks on that, just like paying for food. And you know, I got the location for free. All the actors came out, donated their time, and we just did it. And uh, I'm editing it, you know, and all that. So it sort of inspired me to try to do more projects like that. But maybe not on an iPhone because I have access to much better equipment. And just just do it and like just get people to come. Like if they want to come and do it, and they're willing to donate their time and they're into the project and they want to spend eight hours making a movie, like let's just make more movies. And it'll challenge me to be more creative and more, um, you know, like free to just try things and not be so like nervous that like, oh, I'm putting so much money into this thing that it has to be good. Like I have to follow convention or whatever. Like it'll just like be bold, like try new things, like see if it'll work or not, you know, and then let the audience be the judge, you know, just put online and see what people's responses are. So that's what I'm trying to I want to do more of in, in 2019 is just make things and not be so precious, you know,
1: that's a good goal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you know, when you're making a big project, like a, like a feature and you're trying to raise thousands of thousands, and thousands of dollars to make this happen, it can take a long time Mm -hmm. and it can be pretty draining, you know? And so being able to do another project in between and like allowing yourself that sort of freedom, um, I think is good because then it helps you be more creative when you actually get to make the big thing. You know? Yeah. So 2018 was a big year for me. It was yeah. fun. It was really exciting. I also produced some cool stuff too. As a commercial producer, I also produce freelance. Um, so yeah. And I got to shoot on some cool stuff here and there. I also shoot uh, all my slashes. I'm like director, <laughs> producer, writer, editor, shooter, <laughs> you know whatever script supervisor I've done that before so yeah it was it was cool I didn't get to work on a feature this year that was sort of a bummer I wanted to work on a. I I like one I will my goal is to like work on one feature every year if possible and I did it for like I think three years in a row but then I think last year I didn't do it and I I don't think I did it in 2017 either I think it, I think I missed out the last two years although I almost did there was one that I was going to be a script supervisor on but then they ended up um being so low budget, they had to cut. They like lost some funding, and then they ended up cutting that position.
1: Well, you did technically work on your own feature. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I think that qualifies. Yeah,
0: I've been working on my own feature for years. Yeah, <laughs> but I think, like you're you saying, for years, you're gonna. Twenty nineteen will be the year you make your movie. Like,
1: oh no, I'm not. I'm not producing no, in twenty nineteen. No, I no, don't I'll, think so. I'll, I'll be, I'll go into production in twenty twenty.
0: Twenty twenty. That's your goal. Okay.
1: Like this year is one hundred percent gonna be
0: development. Development. Not, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, this is the year that the alternate gets shot, 2019. It's yeah. happening. It's, it, even if we don't raise any more money and we just have what we have now, we'll get it done. You know, I know my producer is on board for that too, I think. Um, but I think he's also very confident that we can raise the money that we need to do it. Um, and I think we're positioned to, to make it happen, but I, I really want to shoot in the spring. Mm-hmm. So pretty soon. Yeah. But, um, I think. You know, if it has to be the summer, then it has to be the summer. If it has to be the fall, it has to be the fall, whatever. But one way or another, this movie is going to get made in 2019. It's time. The alternate needs to be shot. It needs to be put out into the world, you know, whatever, however long it's going to take. So I'm really excited for for the new year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be awesome.
0: What have you learned in 2018? Like, is there like one lesson that you've taken away from this last year that, you know, you're taking with you to 2019? Oh God, one? Or a couple, three, whatever you want. Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, I think the lesson that I am continually having to relearn and... And it's something that I think um, I haven't really mentioned, like, the work I do as a teaching artist, but I think it's right. it's one of the most valuable things in terms of helping me develop in my own career. Um, it, I teach at ACT, and I'm always telling my students, you know, no one's going to give you permission to make a right. choice. Yeah. Right? You just have to make the choice. No one's going to give you permission to be brave. You just have to be brave. No right. one's going to give you permission to go try to move to the next step and get an agent or whatever it is. Right. You just, you got to do it like real hero self-select. Um, and, and meanwhile, you know, I'm like, Oh, I'm not ready to make my feature.
0: Oh,
1: (laughs) um, and so I think, yeah, the big, the big lesson I've taken away because I think 2018 was, Probably the biggest year for me in terms of being a freelance producer, um, commercial producer, and just realizing, like, yeah, if you you let the world, the world will suck up all your hours and all your time and all your energy on other things. And that's not to say that, like, I'm not proud of all the work that I've done as a producer. I I, am incredibly proud of it. Like, we, I can make magic happen on, you know. Yeah. But it's not those aren't my visions. Those aren't my passions.
0: It's a different type of like creativity and, you know,
1: yeah. Um, Yeah. That's, and it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to like front, like that doesn't pay my bills. Like that's what pays my bills. (laughs) Like I don't do it because I love producing commercials. I do it because it pays the bills and I am doing a thing that I enjoy doing. Right. I could wither my whole life and career away Mm -hmm. doing that. Yeah. And so it's, um, I guess giving yourself permission can be very hard too, because giving yourself permission, at least in my case means telling people that I freelance with like, Oh, actually like I'm, I'm not really available yeah. in 2019 because I'm working on this project. Wow. And I'm doing this residency and. So,
0: so you're not going to do freelance producing. I in, will do a addition. tiny
1: bit here and there. Wow. But I want to take advantage of of this year. Yeah. That I have the opportunity to, to be in this residency and I oh, don't yeah. want to turn it into, you know, well, I can do this around my work schedule. Um, right. That's not to say that I, I of course I have to work, I have to live, I have to pay my bills, but right. that, that was sort of for me, 20, 2018 was, was being like, how many of my life hours can I sacrifice to my savings
0: account mm-hmm. so that, if i get this residency you'll have the time wow that's really smart Well, I
1: mean, it would have been not so smart if I hadn't done the residency because then I would have just burnt myself out and then been like, oh, and I'll have nothing to do. But I guess I kind of did it with the, you know, as like a a hedge almost where it's like if I get this residency, then I'll have a little bit of savings to get me through the first couple months until I figure out how I'm going to make money or if I can get a grant that will help subsidize my living.
0: And what your schedule is going to be like during the residency, Yeah. yeah.
1: And then if I don't get the residency, well, then... I'm going to take a month off to just work on the thing yeah. and work on my application for next year. And,
0: wow. you know, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's, pff, I think that's a really smart way to look at it. I mean, I, you know, because I applied to the residency program too, but I, I was not thinking about it so like heavily as you were, I was like, you know, if I get in great, if I don't, whatever. You well, know? I don't know
1: that it was like, I, I'm not saying it was a thoughtful choice. I think it was more of an emotional choice mm. where I was like, I, I, I've never had a child, but I think it's that kind of thing where pregnant women are like, "This baby's gonna come out now, somewhere or another." <laughs> like I don't right. care how it's coming out, right? right. And I think for right. me, I was like, "If I don't make this fucking movie, if I don't finish this script, yeah, it's it it's not gonna happen." So I need yeah. to just do it. Yeah. Um. And I, like I said, I'm, I'm motivated by negative things more so than positive, and I think it was like also the working myself to exhaustion as a producer like just being like i need a break yeah. and i'm gonna take that break to make something creative because uh, i can't not wow yeah i wish i wish i could say like i like really thought about it and planned it right. and i'm fiscally wise and it's no yeah. i'm not i just i
0: you just went off emotion yeah i just wow. feel what i
1: feel and i gotta honor that that's great. <laughs> Honor my impulses.
0: So do we already talk about goals for 2019? I think I kind of talked about one of my goals, but did you talk about what you wanted? You're just trying to get the movie to a good place to be shoot it in 2020, right? That's I mean, the main.
1: Uh, I can talk about goals for 2019. So I want to make the best of this opportunity that uh, I'm starting yeah. tomorrow that I don't exactly know what I'm, Yeah. you know, w- what, what beautiful gift I'm opening, but I know it's a beautiful gift. So yeah. <laughs> just, you know, take it as it comes. But uh, I mean, my goals for for that opportunity and for this year uh, are to get a really solid, like, final draft yeah. out that's like producible, ready, mm-hmm. and that that means having a lot of meetings and building a lot of relationships with a lot of different kinds of scientists. I have
0: oh wow, yeah, um,
1: you know, a, a couple um, biologists that I'm stalking on Twitter that <laughs> I'm you know going to make friends with this year and I have a an astrophysicist that wow. um is going to be my new BFF. She nice. just doesn't know it yet. It's funny. Um so that we can talk about this this film. I think a big thing for me is to like really get myself a little bit firmer in the world of like the business end of all of this stuff because mm-hmm. I'm so used to being on the business end of all this stuff for commercials and for other people. Um, but I'm really uncomfortable being on the business end for my own creative stuff because yeah. it's like, I just don't want to think about it cause I just want to be creative. Right. And so getting, um, that, that house in order yeah is, is a big goal. And then, um, I'm dyslexic. So like applying to anything is like hella painful for me. And oh, I've made yeah. a goal for this year of being like anything and everything that I qualify for that I can find.
0: Yeah. I'm
1: gonna submit for all the grants, all the grants, all the, you know, like
0: all the programs, yeah,
1: all the everything development, blah blah, fellowships you know. for
0: next year, sure, yeah, all that all stuff, all the things. Wow. Just, I'm
1: just gonna bite the bullet and do it because yeah. that's what big kids do, and yeah. you know, too bad that you're dyslexic, write the fucking essay, yeah. and fill out the form, and hit send.
0: I, I need to do more of that myself. Like I I applied to a few things, but I have not applied to enough grants. I've not applied to enough fellowships. I just, you know, I just try, I want to be creative, you know? I know me too. It's just tough. but I think it's it is like what like you said it's like the 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 grown up thing to do. Well,
1: it's also about getting off the, you know, the well, what's that thing that goes around and around? Oh my god, the merry-go-round, I right? Go <laughs> like I'm just like indicating with my hand <laughs> right. and not saying words. I was
0: thinking the whirlwind, but yeah, merry-go-round. But yeah, merry-go-round, like I mean getting right. off the
1: merry-go-round of <laughs> of not having enough time to do the creative thing I want to do because I am working 14-hour days of production, right. you know, and yeah and then i'm exhausted and it's like well how do you get off that that roller coaster or that merry go round or whatever and it's like well you you got to get the grants then yeah. so that you can have the the space to slow down and be creative and not be like, I have to jam out this draft over the weekend right. and then it sucks and you right. wonder why.
0: Right. It's the reason why writers take time to write things. Yeah. And, and filmmakers don't make three movies a year usually. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
1: And that's the thing. It's been, yeah, it's been, and that's, yeah, I, I try not to to jam out on anything too quickly because I, I like to put a lot of thought into what I make. I hope that shows in my work. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I want it to be it takes the time it takes.
0: Right, right. Um, That's another, that's the thing I've learned in the last few years is that don't rush things, you know, and don't worry about getting something done so quickly because, you know, it's it's about the work and it's not necessarily about making your first feature by the time you're turning 30 or, or whatever, you know, it's just get it done in your own time. It's not a race, you know. Um, the, there's still gonna be the festival's gonna be there next year, you know, if you miss the deadline, you know, whatever. Just make it the best thing that it could be and let it be what it, take, give it the time to become the thing it needs to be.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's wise.
0: Yeah. I'm also like realizing that, you know, if you're making a movie, like you're gonna live with it for many years after you shoot it, you know, like every day probably, right? Like through post-production, through, festivals through distribution through the whole thing so you better really be proud of what you're putting out there you know because you're gonna it's gonna be a part of your life forever you know somewhere or another
1: yeah I mean yeah way to put No pressure on the whole thing. (laughs) All right. Thanks a lot.
0: Yeah. No, I know. But at some point, you also have to just let it go because it's never going to be like, I don't know how many people are thinking that their drafts are perfect, right? Or their projects are perfect before they shoot them. Probably not that many.
1: And I mean, yeah, I I don't believe in perfect. But I think for me, it's about making something that I like enough to spend every single day with for a year plus.
0: Yeah. Totally,
1: and to ask other people, right, that whose baby it isn't, right, to come and spend every single day with for however long,
0: right. Like you got to believe in what you're doing, and it seems like you found something that you really believe in, which is beautiful. Yeah,
1: I mean, I I try to not take on anything that I don't yeah. feel really strongly about. So. Right, right. Yeah, so that's another why, reason why it sometimes takes a little while to yeah. you gotta find that right thing.
0: Yeah. So any last words, Liz, for about 2018 or? Uh, come upcoming year or anything or
1: oh god, <laughs> I had all this pressure to say something that's like meaningful. Um, it can be
0: unmeaningful. I mean,
1: to me, really, like one of the things that kind of pushes me forward to make work is a hope that that work can speak to people on a level that that creates change, positive change, mm-hmm. that bolsters the values of, that that self knowledge brings, and I'm hoping that like all of us can really put our our noses to the grindstone and, and crank out stuff that makes people think and and makes us all as a society make better choices for yeah. 2020.
0: Yeah. Wow. I don't know if my work is going to be be all that. I mean, I'm hoping that it can just entertain people, you know, maybe make them think about their lives in a different way a little bit. Because I don't know if you've heard much about my feature, but it's all about this person who goes into another version of their life in a, in a different dimension and sees how their life could have worked out differently. And then maybe they make some poor choices with that new information, you know, and this new opportunity. But I'm hoping that people, when they see this movie, when it finally comes out, that they, yeah, that they think about their own lives in in a different way, you know, and it makes them question Certain things and values, maybe you know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I also would also hope they just have a hell of a time watching it, you know. That it really is entertaining and engaging and oh, sure. you know all that good stuff. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah, yeah, I hope that too. <laughs> of course,
0: we <laughs> but, need we need both, right? Well,
1: I think there's a way. I think there's a way to entertain people and also have a transformative experience oh, without yeah. it being like didactic
0: right well, you you mentioned Jordan Peele earlier and I think Get Out's a very good example sure. of this yeah. you know yeah. among other movies yeah
1: yeah tons yeah. of tons of good examples of transformative experiences that are yeah. just wonderfully entertaining so yeah Jordan Peele hey hey, hey I said I wasn't going to take on any like work this year <laughs> right. outside of my project but, but hey.
0: yeah. I mean
1: I'm I'm down to talk
0: <laughs> I, I think I have to mention this. I, I don't know if you've heard about this thing, but he, there's a he, he's made an open call for script submissions recently.
1: I know, yeah, but I'm I mean, I'm not, not submitting the script to anything oh, that, that's that's no. that's not me making it. Yeah,
0: me too. And I had a friend who who texted me that and he's like, submit the alternate. You got to submit it. And I'm like, no nope. way. I need to make this movie. I have to direct it. Like, I'm not gonna put it out in a, in, a, in an opportunity where it could be taken away from me like no way
1: yeah yeah no but i think it's great like i I think it's wonderful what he's doing oh yeah it's not the right opportunity for me but
0: i was saying if i could jordan
1: i know you're gonna have a lot of episodes of the twilight zone
0: (laughs) yeah me too oh my gosh (laughs) hello (laughs) genre filmmakers over here
1: yeah right so yeah so eventually you know if it's worth it it's worth waiting for
0: yeah Totally.
1: And I think I think it's a great opportunity for people to have a bunch of screenplays stacked up that need to yeah. be produced. I'm just I'm not that kid. Like
0: me neither. Writing
1: is a hard process for me. Yeah. Because like on stage doing improv, that shit's easy because you don't have to write it down. Yeah. But the second yeah. it becomes or has the, I don't know, feels permanent Yeah, and you have to spell things. It takes, it takes time for me.
0: The spelling. The spelling. Was, oh my tough. God. Don't yeah. even like,
1: don't, don't eat it. Is, it's, yeah. a, it's a, yeah. it's real. The struggle wow. is real. Okay,
0: Liz. So where can people find you? Where can we see your work? Do you have a website, v- Vimeo, YouTube? Oh, Instagram, God. I, yeah, Twitter. Yeah, all the,
1: all the things. All people the can things. find me. I have a website I need to update, but it's there. Um, nice. And that would be getmelizanderson.com. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Instagram and what is the other? Instagram, Twitter, Twitter. Shangri-Liz. Hit nice. me up.
0: Okay. Um, we'll put the links to all these things in the show notes so people can stalk you.
1: Yeah, that won't be weird at all. and <laughs> definitely not uncomfortable. Um <laughs> if you're a stalker say so no
0: no no <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite podcasts they say uh where can where can people find you if you wish to be found and uh and then like some people will be like i don't wish to be found i don't have anything and they won't say and but most people will say of course
1: no 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 hit me up but say hi don't don't be weird don't outside my window you know <laughs> just make conversations happen it's way less strange nice Awesome. Yeah. So, everyone, thank you so much for listening. You can check out the website, makingmoviesishard.com, where you can find links to the things that we talked about on this episode. If you want to get in contact with us, you can send us an email to podcast at makingmoviesishard.com, or you can find us on Twitter or Facebook at MMI. Oh, this is where the reading comes in. Hold on. (laughs) MMIH podcast did yeah. i do that right you all did right. That right and
0: then just i don't have it written here but we're also on instagram also at mmih podcast i think we have 10 followers now so hey 10. people follow on instagram please we want to get that going i'm terrible at instagram so i don't know i'm trying managing two accounts now it's really oh boy are bad. you are
1: you going to do a snapchat
0: I, I, well i don't know no, i don't think so <laughs> no can't do snapchat
1: all right and if you like it please tell a friend you can help us get the word out um, and you can leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher.
0: Nice. Yeah. Great job, Liz. I think you pretty much nailed that outro.
1: Oh, gosh. Yeah. I yeah. hope you leave the me trying to read MMIH <laughs> podcast.
0: We'll see. It Probably. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again, Liz, for an awesome episode. And Thank you, Auric, yeah. for
1: having me on. It's yeah. always fun to talk to you.
0: Yeah, you too. And we'll be doing more of these, hopefully. So if you can find time in between your, your busy schedule of residency and all the other stuff. Well,
1: we'll, we'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> all,
0: right. all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next week.
1: Bye.